This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning, good morning, Franklin Proctor here, along with Charlie and Dan, sitting in this morning for Grace in our uh, production room. That's right. And How are you doing this morning, Dan? Good, good. Dan, Thumbs up all Dan's the way. Looking pretty wide awake in there, which is important because this is a yes. happening show. You got oh, on your toes. Yes, indeed. We're going to hold a test before we leave the airways. <laughs> um, it's cold. It's cold. It's out really there. cold. Yeah, and you were mentioning just before we went on air. Said, just be glad we're not in Washington. Right. Wow, DC. are they going? Are they getting smacked? Walloped. Something else. I kind of wish we had some snow, though. Yeah. All this so do I. Cold temperatures with not a lot of snow is tough on the garden plants. Yeah. If they don't have some little protection, some little cover, whether it's yeah. that load of soil in the fall or just some snow left over from one of those bits of snow that have come down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's <clears throat> let's say a little silent prayer for our little. Uh, well, yes. weeds out there. Our weeds, not our weeds. <laughs> not our weeds. No, no, no. <laughs> our domesticated weeds. How's that? Yeah. In any case, uh, you are tuned in to The Garden Show with Charlie Dubbin, and the phone numbers are 416-360-0740, and that's for Toronto listeners, and anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And the mantra? Oh, yes. Call early, call often. One question per call. Perfect. Very good. Well done. And if for some reason you don't get through on the, the lines, because, yeah. you know, we do get a lot of calls, email is an option. C. Dobbin, so my first initial C, last name Dobbin, at am740.ca. If you're one of those lucky people that's going away on holidays and you're leaving that laptop behind and you'll be out of listening range, remember you can always listen to the archived shows through that's podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, Perhaps, or take your take your laptop and listen anywhere in the world, obviously, at www.am740.ca. That's listen live. Or just uh, if you miss a show, you can go, go to iTunes.com, do a quick little search for AM740. The Garden Show will pop up, and there's your choice of all the different weeks that have been archived. And you can listen. There we are so are. cool. <laughs> well, yes. Nice of you to say so. We are hmm. on iTunes. Yeah. It just doesn't get much cooler than that, Frank. Okay. <clears throat> Now, we have several uh, things going on. I mean, okay. it's the, the you can tell, right? The days are getting longer. Sun's coming up a little earlier. That's right. Yeah. The, uh, you know, <laughs> You're getting real cracked the, up. Aren't exactly. You? Yeah. The gardeners, their little hearts are starting to beat a little faster. The blood's <laughs> rushing. Okay, we've got action. We've got events. <laughs> the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society is meeting this Tuesday, February the 9th at 7.30 p.m. It's a general meeting. And there's a presentation by Kate Fullerton on the Live Green Toronto program. 
It's a citywide program to help community. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say help communicate. No, it's a citywide program to help communities create and launch green initiatives in their area. Plus, it's an overview of the upcoming Scarborough CD Saturday. We're going to be talking more about yeah. sort of the CD Saturdays Got and Sundays. Got an interview Sundays. coming up my show just about that, oh, uh, about one forty-five. With yeah. the with who, like, which uh, one? Oh dear, it's it's. It's uh, a Toronto. Yes, Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's the CD Saturday on Sunday. Uh, you got me. Okay. You got well, me. well, you can look that up on the break, and we'll f- sort that out. But <laughs> the Scarborough's having a CD Saturday, and there's a CD Saturday on Sunday in Toronto, and we'll talk more. Anyway, Scarborough's meeting happens at the Scarborough Village Community Centre, which is at Kingston Road and Markham Road. Free admission. Mm-hmm. All right, I showed you this beautiful poster. Oh, yeah, it's a dandy, too, folks. Isn't Take my word gorgeous? for it. I'll hold it up close to the microphone so you can see it. Yeah, there it is, check huh? that out. It's the 31st annual Orchid Show. It's being held next Saturday and mm-hmm. Sunday. So that's the 13th and 14th. It's hugely popular. Thousands of people go to this because a lot of people love seeing the over, what is it, like 6,000, thir- they say. Is it 6,000? 6, 6, square feet. <clears throat> no, yeah, it's like 30,000 orchids will yeah. be on display and for sale. And there'll be experts there who can answer your questions mm-hmm. that sometimes I get stuck on. Um, even if you're not an orchid fan, you will love seeing some of the presentations that are there yeah. because there's a, an orchid show. And as you were reading, read to I me. Said, well, it says Saturday and Sunday, 11 to 5 p.m., no tripods. I said, what the heck do you mean? No tripods? What's, well, obviously, if it's so busy, they can't have camera folks setting up the tripods. They'll be trampled. That's right. And so, so on Sunday from 9 to 11, before the show opens, Tripods permitted. Yes, you indeed. You see, they thought of everything. It's here. a very organized show. Yeah. It's been around for a long time. You know, like I say, 31st annual. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, this happens at the Toronto Botanical Garden. Um, everybody knows where that is. We've talked about it. Leslie and Lawrence. Uh, very easy to get there. Lots of parking. TTC goes there. As Frank mentioned, Saturday and Sunday next week, 10 to 5. There. For more information, go online, Triple W. S-O-O-S, so Southern Ontario Orchid Society. Oh, dot C-A. Seuss. The Seuss, exactly. Yes. You, like you. You're a Seuss chef. <laughs> I'm a Seuss chef, yes, <laughs> of the garden. There you go. And you can get a um, discount ticket off of the website, so it's worth it okay. to go there. It's a two, uh, $1, uh, where does it say, somewhere on there about... Oh, is it? Oh, $2 off. Yeah, $2 off. There you go. $2 off coupon on the website. So quickly, just, oh, you're going to hit me. Better go to a break, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have three more. I just want to tell you quickly, but we'll go for a break first. We All right, we'll go for a little break first. Uh, we'll come back after these words here at AM 740. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And just before we get to our first caller, you had a couple of little tack-ons there on that That's note. right. I'm going to go really fast. Okay. So quick, get your pencils out. This <laughs> is all happening, <clears throat> excuse me, this Wednesday, February the 10th. Three different meetings. One is the Huronia Rose Society. Uh, that's in Barrie at the library. Uh, the speaker is speaking on wind turbines and alternative energy at 7.30. The meeting starts. Also, Wednesday, the Riverdale Hort Society. They're meeting at their typical Frankland Community Center on Logan Avenue. They've got Tina Van Endel, a Toronto master gardener, presenting a slideshow on orchids. There you go. So there's a nice build-up to what's coming up next weekend. Uh, then there, um, I love this little line, visitors are always welcome, new members are adored. And again, same thing, February 10th, Burlington Hort Club is having a general meeting at 7.30. Their speaker is Connie Bile from William Dam Seeds. Her topic is how to have your garden and eat it too. The meeting is located at the usual location, the Senior Center, 2285 Drury, sorry, 2285 New Street, 
at Drury Lane in Burlington. Oh, All okay. are welcome. Very good. All righty. Let's get to our first caller, Joan. Hi, and good morning. Welcome to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Nice to hear from you. Good morning, Joan. Morning. Yes, go ahead. Finally, glad to get through. <laughs> <laughs> You're very popular people. Thank no, you. My, my, um, it's just a chat, really. I have a mum plant mm-hmm. that I've had for several years. It uh, given to me as a gift, a small, just a normal little gift that you give it Mother's Day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the first year, it bloomed beautifully. That just I put it outside to enjoy the good weather. I had a spot on the patio that was all also always sunny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in the fall, I thought, oh, it looks like it's going to bloom some more. So I brought my son brought it in for me. Uh-huh. I had put it in a big pot, and he brought it in. And this is the second winter that I've had it in the house. Wow, good for you. And I don't do anything particularly to it, just water it. And last year I didn't have to do that with all the rain we had. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, I just want to let you know that they last forever. They can. Like, you've obviously done the right thing. For most of us, what, what you were given, like Mother's Day or Easter, was a, um, a florist mum. Yes, right. So it's not a tough, hardy mum. It's no. not one that we would leave outside and expect it to survive it right. over the winter. So what you did was perfect, leaving it out all summer, recognizing it was all in bud in the fall. Bring it in, enjoy it in the house for the, all those blooms all fall and early winter, and then keep it as a greenhouse plant through the spring and then back outside for the summer. That's exactly what I did. Perfect. And you're fertilizing, obviously, and giving yes, it fresh yeah, soil. Not often, uh, maybe twice a year. Yeah, but that new pot, like you mentioned, you know, bigger pot, fresh soil, all that's important. So you did all the right things, and good for you. It's not many people can keep a mum going for that long. Well, Most I'm of us just. I'm and pleased because it's just blooming again now. Nice. Well, it's nice to hear those success stories Absolutely. along with the problems. Yes, there, yeah. there you go. Well, thank you very much, Joan. Yeah, well, I just thought I'd let you know I do have a wonderful mom. There, well, you, there go. you go. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Okay, thank you, Joan. <laughs> All righty. And uh, it's on now to uh, Mississauga, and we'll say hi to Stella here. Good morning, Stella. How are you? Good morning. Good, Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Stella. I enjoy listening to your, uh, your show every Saturday. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I have geraniums. Uh, that I've uh, overwintered, um, I pulled them out from the ground mm-hmm. and I hung them upside down mm-hmm. in a cold cellar. And I was just wondering when is the time now to cut them back and replant them in my pots? Well, what um, what are they looking like now if you look at them? Do they have any little green bits growing on them or anything happening? Um, I think so. I think so. I don't know. I'm I've got them put away, mm-hmm. and the door's locked, so... <laughs> <laughs> They're in isolation, are they? Yes. Well, typically what we do with those the old original mums that we pulled up out of the garden is we don't even try and necessarily regrow the mother plant, but we do use the mother plant as a source for cuttings for new daughter or baby plants. I see. So what I would be thinking of, if, if I were you, would be un, like open up that plant, see what's going on. Uh-huh. Um, it, it probably will, you'll see all kinds of little green sprouts, particularly if it gets any light on it at this point. A lot of little green growth is going to start to burst forth. And those will be the cuttings that you're going to want to take. Uh, If if it's still sitting there very dormant right now, then you're right. It might be appropriate to put it into a pot with some soil. But don't expect, like I say, to hold on to that plant as a a specimen. It's not going to be a very good plant. It's going to be old and woody and and gnarly and and not real pretty. Mm -hmm. But all the new growth is is going to be perfect and exactly matching the mother, obviously. Okay. So if it's a great geranium last year, it can give you 30 great geraniums this year, perhaps. 
Uh, so when do I uh, replant them? Or uh, oh, we're at that time now. We're it's time. It's time to it's be time taking now. cuttings off of our geraniums. Start them up and use a little bit of a rooting hormone. You'll just dip the cut ends into a, what's called stem root. Yeah, you have that. Yep, yes. and you'll use the rooting hormone number one, which is for softwood cuttings. Right. You just dip that into that little powder, or it might be a liquid or a gel that you have, mm-hmm. and then into sand or perlite very moist sand or perlite, just stick them in there and roots will grow quite quickly as this is the time. This is now the energy starts to flow in the plants and the roots should, you should see good evidence of roots within two or three weeks and then you're into potting soil and pots. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Stella. Thank you. Alrighty. Phone numbers uh, for Charlie Dobbin here at AM 740 in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, of course, 1-866-740-4740. Be a good time to call right now. Got Just had a couple of lines freed up, and we're waiting you to talk to Jimmy. We'll be to Jimmy in just a moment after we hear these words. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Here at AM 740, we bid you a fond good Saturday morning, and uh, let's get to the phone lines right away. Jimmy calling in from Port Colborne. Hi, Jim. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Jimmy. Frank. I'm beautiful, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. But- uh, imagine the snails are still uh, frozen. <laughs> you know what? The eggs, I'm not eating anymore because the cholesterol is no good for either. Yeah, that's uh, right. No, the snails are dead. The but eggs. The bottom, one, the bottom line is I want to have a pass and message on the best gardening tools you can possibly buy. Okay. And that is Lee Valley Tools. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, Let's get some. They got it. We've got to get them as a sponsor. Yeah, That's what we got to do. We need some advertising. From I, them. I've got a little trolley, uh, a, a dolly that I bought through uh, Lee Valley. Yeah. Excellent. Carries up to three hundred pounds, and for all the lugging around I have to do for. Am for I still things. on here? Yeah, yeah, you are. Well, I'm glad somebody's on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on. I, well, some days I'm on, some days I'm off. You know. So what's this little tool now? Yeah, any, any yeah, particular. But, uh, I want to make it fast. Uh, you tell everybody to go to Lee Valley Tools and get their tools. The best. Uh, metallurgy and quality in the world. Well, that's Maybe good. Okay. Well, somebody call up Lee Val and say, hey, you should be advertising in the Thanks, Charlie Dalton. Jimmy. Well, they do. That's <laughs> property design. They get stuff from all over the world. Well, there you go. Absolutely. And the, one of the nice things is you don't have to actually go to the store. You can buy online with them as well. Yeah. Uh, and if you're coming to Canada Blooms, they're always at Canada Blooms with a big booth, and they show all their products, and then you order, and they'll ship free to your home. You don't have to carry it out of the show. Everything you buy at Canada Blooms gets shipped to your home from Lee Valley. And so I'm a huge fan as well. Steve <laughs> Scheiman, our... Uh... Anyway, I want to hold you up too long, but okay. uh, I'm going to get those tomato spirals. Uh-huh. They're... I might even hang myself up one myself. <laughs> They're handy if you've got a big wine bottle. <laughs> Give me the beanstalk. You know. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, i got to get out the air here, okay. so thank you very hey, much. Hey, Jimmy, Thanks, thank Jimmy. you. Yeah, uh, Steve Scheiman, our sales manager, is already sending a bill to uh, Lee so. Valley right now. I know. <laughs> no, it's true, though. I yeah. am a huge fan. Okay. Uh, the, hey, nice little bit of information there. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yvonne calling in. Uh, hi, Yvonne. Where are you calling from? Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Char- Charlie. Good morning. Uh, we're calling in from... Uh, Port Rowan, Ontario. Oh, Port Rowan. Okay. Nice. And um, uh, we've got a, we've received a Norfolk Island pine for Christmas mm-hmm. and a ten-inch pot, and we we have it sitting. It's about two inches, uh, two feet high, mm-hmm. and it's sitting about two feet inside the patio door, mm-hmm. sitting on stone on stones on a drainage pan. Mm-hmm. But we've had teeny tiny 
flying bug smaller than fruit flies mm-hmm. since we received it. Right. Uh, we've sprayed it twice with Safer's Insecticide Soap on January 23rd and February 3rd, mm-hmm. which has helped some, but we still see them. Yes. Uh, we let it dry out as suggested by the nursery because I did have a card from them, so I called them to find out. And she said it was probably uh, too wet. Well, I don't believe it was too wet when we received it, but it looked like it had been sitting outside. I don't know. Um, No, the Norfolk Island pines would have come from outside in Florida. Mm-hmm. So they are all grown down there, shipped up into Ontario and sold as indoor tropical plants through grocery stores and garden centers, particularly at Christmas, because they're just like a cute little indoor Christmas tree. Uh, now, what you're seeing flying around is very, very likely, assuming it's a black insect or you know dark colored, it is an insect called a fungus gnat. So it is a gnat. It's tiny. It's, like you said, smaller than a fruit fly. Right. But it does thrive on fungus when it's in its um, initial stages. In its larval stage, it's like a little tiny, tiny, tiny caterpillar. It lives in the soil, in the plant. And if there's fungus, which is pretty natural in soil, it eats the fungus. Eventually, it moves on and becomes a flying insect. As a flying insect, it flies around looking for damp spots to lay eggs to then start the cycle again. So what you've got going on there is a couple things. Now, the, the idea of having that sort of humidity tray below is a very good one, but it is setting up an environment which is very positive for fungus gnats. So I'd be inclined to do a couple of things. One is, as suggested by the nursery, if you can cut back on your watering a bit, all that means is that let the plant dry out, not bone dry, but quite dry between waterings, then water thoroughly as necessary, that will lower your fungus population in the soil, thereby lowering the population of insects as well. You can also get a hold of something called sticky sticks. And sticky, sticky yeah, sticky just like, you know, bubble gum, but right. sticks, S-T-I-X. Uh-huh. It is a product made by Safers, same right. people that make the soap, but sticky sticks are little yellow uh, p- sheets of plastic with very sticky, like like bug. You know, fl- remember the old fly paper? Yeah, right. Yeah. Same idea, but bright yellow. So very, very attractive to the insects, the flying gnats. <laughs> They'll land on the yellow sticky stuff and can't get out of there and go and lay eggs. So that's good. That lowers the population quite a, a lot as well. And I, the the humidity tray, the gravel tray below, you might want to just for a, a few weeks allow that to dry out, so that you will not be giving that great humidity that you want to give, but you'll also be lowering some of that availability of fungus, which is part of what's going on there. The population of the insect is connected to the amount of food available. So lower your amount of fungus available, you'll lower your insect anyway. But the sticky sticks will just eliminate, you know, 99% of them anyway. So get Where do you put those sticky sticks? in your home? Um, they come with little, little like um, prongs or sticks, and you know, the little plastic sheet attaches to the little stick, and you stick it right in the soil of the pot. The soil. And okay. you've got a 10-inch pot, you'll probably stick three different sticks mm-hmm. with three different sheets of the yellow paper or plastic onto the sticks, and they're, they're, just keep an eye. As soon as they're full of bugs, change them up and put fresh, uh, fresh yellow ones out, Wonderful. and that, that makes a huge difference. You'll find it's quite effective. All right. And uh, the other thing that's happening with it, it, um, it's not quite as bad now, but uh, it's got new new growth, Mm -hmm. but it also has some brown branches, like... Does this happen when you bring it up from there? Do Uh, some of them turn brown? Depends where the brown is. Is the brown at the bottom? 
Uh, some of it is, yes, and some of it's halfway up. Okay, towards the inside of the plant. Right. Right. So what that is is perfectly normal because that's the oldest growth on the plant, uh-huh. and it's very normal for the older leaves. In this case, they don't look like leaves. They're like little needles, but still, it's the older growth just naturally getting old and falling off new growth will all be on the tips and that's exactly where you expect to see it and you if you are seeing that then that's perfect that's exactly what you want to see a little bit of thinning of the older growth is perfectly normal and do you expect some of the like when i sprayed it with the uh, insecticide soap uh it was it, when it touched the branches some of the branches fall off Mm-hmm. I don't use the soap anymore because the gnats, it won't affect the gnats. All you're doing is giving the plant a, a shower or a bath. Oh, really? And it sounds pretty clean right now. So don't, if anything, I'd make sure it's, the soap is, has been washed off. You know, do a, do a good clean spritz with clean water or put it right in the shower and give it a, give it a shower off. You never well, want to leave that. I have done the plant. I've just done the, the soil. Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. No problem. And that's right. That's where the insects are is in the soil, not on the well, plant. Thank you very good. much. Oh, thanks for calling, Yvonne. Thanks for calling, Yvonne. Good luck with that. Very good. Here we are at 931 saying hi to Pat in Toronto. I just want to remind the folks of the phone numbers, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie Dobbin on the air here at AM740. Hi to Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. I have an azalea tree and the problem I'm having with it, all the leaves are falling off. It, it bloomed beautifully, but the leaves, I don't know what's causing them to fall. When Was this a Christmas present? Yes. Okay, so it was in bloom when you got it? No, no, it bloomed, it bloomed after. Well, actually, it wasn't a Christmas present. I got it way before. Oh, okay. So you've had it for a number of months then. Yes. And you did have a blooming, uh, you know, buds and blooms. Yeah, you know, just, just after Christmas just it after started Christmas. blooming beautifully. All right. And so when you look at it right now, are there any flowers still on it or are they all done? Just two or three of them, okay. but I think they're ready to go too. And most of the leaves are looking kind of brown and shriveled? Yes, they're all falling off. It's but at the bottom, mm-hmm. new growth is, and I'm just wondering what to do. The trick with azaleas, you, so you say it's an azalea tree, so that means it would have a single stem, mm-hmm. and then little branches up at the top. Right. So it'd be like in a tree form. Roughly, how tall is the plant? I'd say about a foot and a half, too. Okay. And when you're seeing that new growth, are you seeing that growth way down on the stem? Or are you yes. See- okay. So what has... Pro- okay, the trick with azaleas... I should get my mother on here. This is another one of the ones she's an expert at. Um, water, 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 water. If you like watering plants, azaleas are your plant. They love water. You can't really overwater an azalea, but you can certainly underwater them. Uh, so they need to be kept constantly moist. And you need to water them. You know, they need to be a fairly bright spot in our homes and of course the days are getting brighter and hotter you know the sun coming in is getting more intense mm-hmm. so with my azaleas that my mother laughs at because so many of the leaves have fallen off um, hers are perfect of course um, the I only get around to watering them maybe every three or four days but they really need to be watered about every second day 
So it's a water issue, probably. Now, what could have happened is that the plant, you know, if you let it go, get a little too dry, it will start to die back from the tips. So, of course, the tip is, the very tips are a foot and a half away from the roots. They're a long ways away. Right. It's the top that's all, as a matter of fact, I hardly have any leaves left. Yeah, that's right. So what I would try and do right now, you have a couple things. One is stay on the watering. So, like, water it right now if it's not moist, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not to say you want to sort of have it soaking underwater or anything like that, but do recognize it needs to be kept very moist. You should, will need to do some trimming. Uh, and you're going to trim off what is dead, but it's going to be a little bit hard to know what's dead because it all kind of looks the same. It's mm-hmm. all kind of brown little branches with right. brown little leaves attached. For now, I would give the entire you know, branched top, that little kind of ball-shaped top, a trim with just a pair of scissors or a pair of pruners, cut about a half an inch off the entire shape of of the plant. Right. And just that cutting of all those little tips may force out some dormant growth that is still alive within those brown little twigs. You'll know. You'll know within two weeks whether there's, that's live growth or not. And even when you're trimming, you should be able to see whether it's white inside those little branches where you oh, cut or it's yeah. dead. You know, it's uh-huh. really, really crispy. Uh-huh. Um, but a trimming is what you're going to ultimately have to do. In a worse case, if that whole top has really died off, clearly there's still life in the plant because you're seeing green sprouts yeah. on the stem. Yeah. So in a worse case, you'll cut it right down to where that green growth is coming you know, just mm-hmm. above where that green growth is coming, mm-hmm. and you'll grow it from that point. But you will have lost its form if you do that. You'll right. lose that tree form. Yeah. It'll be just become a, much more of a bush. Well, that's okay. The, right. the, the stem is braided to the top. Oh, pretty. Like, yeah. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, just those leaves. Yeah, it's water and mist. Keep on the spritzer. Spritz three times a day. Water every second to third day. Give it lots of light. Uh, Cool temperatures are better than hot temperatures. So in a window is fine. And uh, certainly consider starting some fertilizer now. Once a month. What uh, fertilizer do you use? Uh, there is a special fertilizer for azaleas okay. or just for the, it could be a fertilizer called for acid loving plants because azaleas are rhododendrons and okay. they are part of that um, acid or ericaceous type mm-hmm. plants that are very happy with a little sulfur around their roots. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pat. All Good right. luck with that. And we have a caller now from, appropriately enough, Garden Hill, I understand. Oh, Diane. Nice. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about ferns. Mm -hmm. I just acquired two very nice wicker fern stands, Mm -hmm. and I'm about to go out and buy two large ferns. I've never had luck with ferns. Can you tell me how to take care of them? Well, it comes down to where you want to put those beautiful fern stands in your house. What's your plan with those? (laughs) Wherever I should put them. (laughs) (laughs) I desperately want, want to keep these ferns and then hopefully in the nice weather put mm-hmm. them on the covered veranda. Mm-hmm. So you have a covered veranda. Mm-hmm. Okay, the trick with okay, the traditional ferns that we see for sale and we often think of on fern stands mm-hmm. are what are commonly referred to as Boston ferns. Right. So they're they're big and bushy. They come in a 10-inch hanging basket usually. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little white basket with a white hanger. Uh, very soft fronds and, and beautiful when you buy them. Yeah. And then we take them home and they start turning brown and they start dropping little brown bits all over the place and people get frustrated. Uh, the trick with ferns in general is they need bright, doesn't have to be direct sun, but they need a bright spot in your home, 
So that means it could be, you know, a southern facing room and the ferns are, you know, 10, 15 feet away from the window. Right. Or it could be a northern facing room and the ferns are only three or four feet away from the window, but a bright spot nevertheless. But not really close to the window. No, because they don't like the cool. They don't want that cold coming off the window. Right. Because uh, ferns are very tropical. They like warm and they like consistent warm. Yeah. And they like humidity. So wherever you can come up with a humid spot in your home, now that could be your kitchen because you're cooking pasta and you're washing dishes and you've got moisture in the air. Could be your washroom because in the bathroom, again, we tend to have high humidity. Mm-hmm. But the most humid spot in your house is going to be the number one spot, but it needs to have some, some natural light, which is bright. Sometimes people, people have a washroom with a skylight in it, for example. And yeah. a fern can be a great plant in that sort of situation. So it's bright, but lots of humidity. Right. Um, now, that's the traditional Boston fern. You may find other ferns out there that are a little easier to care for. The one that's just coming to my mind right now is one called a Kimberly fern. Kimberly, like the, the girl's name, Kimberly. And is this a bushy fern? Yep, it's darker green than your typical Boston fern. Boston ferns are kind of um, electric green or Kelly green color. Yeah. Uh, so there's you know, sort of lots of ferns out there. Um, the, um, but the, the, the Kimberly ferns tend to be a little darker and a little tougher. <clears throat> Their leaves are not quite as soft, not quite as fragile. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but sort of just the main thing to remember is warm, you know, warm spots, never too cold, never too warm, best, you know, 60, 70 degrees kind of uh, temperatures, bright light, uh, not, not pure dark and not super sunny and hot, always moist, always feel, feel the, learn to feel the weight of the pot or get it so you can stick your finger in and feel the, the, the compost, the soil, always moist, never allowed to dry out. And, and misting, uh, spritzing a couple times a day is a good idea always. Um, and that's, that's your main sort of secrets of success with any fern. And is this the way I water a fern by spritzing and spraying? No, that merely raises your humidity briefly. It will not actually water the plant. You will need to water as well with a watering can. How often? Again, you're going to learn that by the sticking your fingers, by touching the soil, or by feeling the weight of the pot. Right. Okay. Okay. So you, you never know. I mean, some people need to water a fern every second day, and other people need to do water it every five or six days. Just depends on amount of light and temperature. Well, I'm going to try my luck again. All right. (laughs) Thank you for the call, uh, Diane, in Garden Hill. And we're going to take a little bit of a break here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Back to talk to Cy in Niagara-on-the-Lake in a moment. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor helping out a little bit from here and there, uh, saying hi in this particular case to Cy in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Good morning. Uh, good morning, uh, Char- uh, Frank. Good morning, Cy. Hi, Charlie. Uh, I bought a gardenia last uh, spring. Mm-hmm. It had about three or four buds on it. Only one flowered, mm-hmm. and the others just dropped off. Mm-hmm. This is in the house. And the plant seemed to be dying, so in the early summer... I transplanted it into the garden, mm-hmm. and lo and behold, the thing really started to flourish. Right. And when it got to the colder months, I had it transplanted in a big pot and brought it back into the house under light in the southern corner, mm-hmm. and it grew very well. And then suddenly it appeared as if some of the leaves are being burnt on the outside mm. and some chunks eaten away. Oh. I checked for 
anything and I couldn't find anything on the leaves. And mm. this kept on and I started removing some of the leaves and I kept on spraying the gardenia. Mm. I don't know what it is. Well, the brown on the tips indicates one of two things to me. Uh-huh. One is when you water the plant, do you, you use tap water? Yes. Does the water sit out for a while before you use it? Well, I've got it in not really. Okay, so that might be where the browning on the tips of the leaves is coming from. Gardenias are very sensitive, as uh-huh. you recognize. They have very strong requirements, and if you don't meet their requirements, they will just they show object. you yeah. <laughs> that they're not happy. So um, so tap water's okay, but do sit it out for at least 24 hours before you use it. That will help eliminate some of the fluorides and chlorines and things okay. in the water. Is plus there a it, shock value too? Plus the room temperature yeah. is very important. So uh. they're super sensitive that way. Um, the other, I mean, what we know about gardenias is, like you said, loved being outside last summer. Well, think about last summer. It rained just about every day. Yeah. It was like a tropical jungle that we had yeah. in southern Ontario, which is exactly what gardenias want. They want that humid, warm, you know, Jamaican jungle feel is yeah. what a gardenia wants. So if you can give it that in your house, which yeah. is tough to do, but if you can give it that high humidity, that warmth, that bright indirect light, it's a happy plant. And it those buds will actually even open indoors. So lots of water, lots of humidity, and lots of warmth being the trick. Uh, but now what about those little holes? Well, chunks missing is unusual because there's not a lot of insects that chew or eat gardenias. They aren't very tasty. Um, you know what? It's one of those... I, hard to say over the radio. If there's actually, it's not the chunks missing. You're convinced it's insects doing it, and it's not just brown leaf material falling away after it's turned brown. Yeah, no, no. Sometimes there are little holes in the leaf, a healthy looking leaf. From the edge or in the middle? In the middle, sometimes. Hmm. And I, I sprayed it with soap water, dish, dishwashing mm-hmm. liquid, whatever you call it, yeah. for about three days in a row. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem to make any difference. No. Well, keep two things in mind. If you want to try and use soap as an insecticide, you can't use detergent. You have to use soap. So don't use your dishwashing detergent. You have to go out and get some dishwashing soap, mix it 40 parts water to one part soap. Okay. Or buy the safer soap, which is already done for you. Uh, Where would I buy that? Oh, that, you'll find that, I think, in a, like in a Walmart or a Zeller's or, you know, a Home Depot, okay. any of those guys. The, any of the, anybody who's got a little Canadian Tire, they have a little bit of a indoor plant section set up at this time yeah. of year. You know, Sobeys, any of those guys, I think you'll find very simple insecticides in any of those places at this time of year. And obviously lots coming in with the spring uh, oh. retail trade. But um, the soap must contact the insect. So if you don't see insects, yeah. spraying is not that effective. But I would you know, get out your little magnifying glass, look in, in daylight where it's, you know, you've got good light. Yeah. Really look under the leaves, backs of the leaves, stems. Look for anything unusual, any bumps, any growths, anything strange. If you still can't come up with a, a solution, take a leaf with one of, you know, some of these holes in it to, and in this case, I would try and find a good garden center. You're in Niagara-on-the-Lake. Yeah, yeah, I know where there's one. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you've got several. Yeah. And, uh, and in well, worst case, you go down to the, the school there, the Niagara Parks Commission School, and you ask them. They'll be able to tell you exactly what's going on if you take them a leaf to show them. 
Well, okay. Thank you very much, Charlie. You're very welcome. Thank Good you for luck, joining us. Si. Niagara on the Lake calling in there. Yeah. And here we are uh, looking at the clock. It's almost uh, 11 minutes away from 10. What do you say we take our next commercial break and then we can get that kind of situated and come back to talk to Verna in Kitchener? That sound good? That's a good idea. Thanks. All right. Good plan. Let's follow it. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor saying hi to you as well. And, <laughs> and saying and. And, and, and. <laughs> and then Dan went, oh, the mic. Yes, I'll turn him on now. Uh, Verna. Yeah, loud enough. Everybody could hear you across Ontario. <laughs> I know. Well, a little megaphone I've got. Yes. Verna, Kitchener. Hi there. How are you this morning? Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Yes, I'm good calling, morning. I'm calling in about beets. Yes. They get all, like, all eaten off it. When I plant them, and when they're coming up, mm-hmm. the seedlings after they start growing big, mm-hmm. something eats all around them. Okay, Pro- what can I do for that? Okay, it's probably earwigs because earwigs. when yep, when beet seedlings first germinate, the the leaves are very tender and soft, and that's right the time of year when the earwigs are dramatically hungry and they chew off many leaves of many seedlings: beans, peas, beets. Being I mean, they're classics. eating the beets, not the leaves. Oh, the beets from okay. So from below ground, or are they getting knocked below off at ground? ground? So is is it at ground level that the leaves fall over, or there's digging the around the plant? Good, but the beets are all eaten around, like the they just eat everything in the ground. Uh, okay, so you're discovering that when you're going to harvest the beets. That's right. They have uh, oh, most of them are all eaten or bitten into. Wow. Okay, so it's it's a form of maggot that's doing that. It's a good question, actually. You know what? I'm my head is so wrapped around azaleas and gardenias right now, <laughs> orchids. Um, I'm let me, uh, Verna, listen for this for next week. I'm going to report back what's your best bet because what we used to do, I don't think you, you well you can't do it anymore. We used to put a granular insecticide into the soil when we planted the beet seeds or after the beets had started to grow to control insects in the soil from chewing the roots, the beetroot. But we can't do that anymore. That is gone as a as an alternative. So there's other, got to be other suggestions. And I'm just right now not going to think of anything really smart off the top of my head. So I'm going to report back on this for next week. So listen up for, you know, right off the top of the show next week, and I'll have a report for you on what to do about beets that get chewed by insects underground. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Send up a flare. Charlie, you can have the answer there. <laughs> da, 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 da. But you, you see, that's what I like about you. you if you don't think know, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't know, you you say, "Oh, I can't think of anything right now. I'll get back to you next week." Do you know how many like really smart people are listening right now, and they will they, they will be going laughing the... hysterically if oh, I say something sakes, stupid? Charlie, I know, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like they've all come up with really smart answers because they're at home eating their well, cereal sure. and it's all calm and you know looking out the window, or they flip to their books or their internet. I, on the other hand, am in the yeah. hot seat and have to have uh, the right the top answer. Of your noggin, as right. Right. Yes. Well, let's see. Let's see how you do with the next caller. Thanks, Agnes. Frank. Agnes in Thornton. Hi. Good morning, and welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I like your show very much. Thank you. Um, now, what my problem is, my garden is well, and I hope it's going to be well in the spring. But I have a miniature Japanese maple tree, mm-hmm. and it's been absolutely spectacular. I think it's about seven years old. Mm-hmm. And last year, I noticed that one branch, and it's not a main branch, but it's quite noticeable, 
Well, it died. It mm-hmm. went brown. But there were some parts of it that still had like, green on it. Mm-hmm. And it's a very uh, raspberry color, like it's mm-hmm. quite beautiful. Yeah. And I didn't know whether to cut that branch off, like before it infected other, I don't even know what it was because mm-hmm. I couldn't see bugs or anything like that. And so now spring is coming, and I'm going to watch for this and see. But if I have this dead branch on this uh, Japanese maple, what can I do about it? I don't want to lose it because it's such a beautiful tree. And all the other branches were exceptionally healthy. Okay, so that's a great question because what you're experiencing, I have seen in people's yards many times. Mm -hmm. So, like I say, perfect question. As spring approaches and all the trees and shrubs are all starting to, the buds are starting to fatten up and the little leaves are starting to unfurl, it is when it's very obvious what bits of the plant are dead. Mm-hmm. It's very normal to have some dead wood on some plants. Japanese maples particularly often have some dead wood, meaning some branches or stems or twigs or whatever are actually dead. They just didn't make it through the winter. And that's when you get your nice sharp pruners out on a dry day and you absolutely follow. You find a dead bit. You follow it back to where it's coming from where the death starts mm-hmm. till you get to live wood and you remove that entire branch. But you will wait until, like I say, the, the buds, the leaves have started to unfurl. You can still see through because the leaves aren't all open yet. Just, so it, just a few leaves, but not open leaves. Yeah. When they're all wide open, it's really hard to see anything. Some of the Japanese maples are just so thick and bushy, you can't mm-hmm. see any branches. So so try and get it early enough in the season that it's quite clear. The dead wood on a Japanese maple is always gray versus mm-hmm. the nice, rich, red, shiny That's bark. That's right. It was very gray. That's right. And the gray will be dead. So you'll see the gray. Your eye will right away glom onto that gray bit. Then just follow back, even you know, with your fingers, just keep following right back on the gray bark till you get to live wood. At that point, you will actually trim out anything dead. Okay, and now if I trim that out, it's going to leave a vacant spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, will something grow back there? Or Absolutely. Will it empty? No, nope, it will very slowly but surely. It, is, it sounds like it's a dwarf plant, so it it's is, not a... And it's absolutely spectacular, yeah. and we've always had it full of snow in the winter, yeah. and we figure maybe that's why it's been so healthy. Yeah, exactly. But, and now, would I trim anything else or just that? Right? Well, see, that that's where you're absolutely right. You take out anything dead right away, mm-hmm. then study the plant for crisscrossing branches, yeah. twigs that are rubbing together. Mm-hmm. Again, you only want to keep one of those rubbing together branches. So there will be some trimming there as well of some live wood. Then okay, you say about April, May, I'm going to be away. So I'm kind of wondering. Uh, it could uh, even, it depends on the weather. You know, if you want to wait till June, it's okay too. You oh, know. Okay, okay. It, it's just sometimes a little harder. The more leaves are out, the harder it is to see. But, you know, just give yourself some time. Get down on your hands and knees. Get mm-hmm. comfortable. You know, get yourself a pillow to sit on, right? Don't make mm-hmm. it a fast job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, like I say, dead wood comes out. Then any of the rubbing or, or branches that are damaging each other comes out, then it's more of a balance question. You may need to remove some branches for balance purposes. Just to make it look good. That's right. Just yeah, to, to, so this isn't going to ruin my tree? Not at all. Oh, I feel great then. There you yeah, go. Thank it's you the best. very much, and I really enjoy your show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Agnes. Thank good luck you. with that. Thanks for calling in. Uh, Thornton, Ontario. And yeah. Gee whiz. Uh, we have someone else on the go? line, but uh, we don't have time to, to I know. Get call them. early, call often. <laughs> One <laughs> oh. question per call. Oh, isn't that like a teacher you used to you know, endure? Oh, yeah, Lord. Okay. Right. Uh, Thank you very much, Charlie, for a wonderful show again. And thank you very much. And I know I have mere seconds here, but I just wanted to say, Frank, um, I got slapped around by some of your fans uh, (laughs) because last week I neglected to send you and and Di a big, smoochy, happy anniversary hug. 
And I forgot, I did it off air, but on air yeah. I neglected to mention that you guys had your 40th wedding anniversary last right. week. Yeah. So a big smooch, like I said, to Di and to you. Congratulations. I hear you had a fun party. Well, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, after my first break, I'll tell you what I did on the anniversary, our anniversary. Okay, it was kind of cool. neat. It was kind of neat. It sounds like it was a lot of fun. And, and I meant to say something last week and I forgot. So well, belated. Well, there you go. There you you go. gave me a big hug anyway. I did. And I accepted that with pleasure. There, okay. I hope Di's not listening. Anyway, uh, we're, we're we're coming to the end of the show here. We are. And and uh, next week we'll be back doing the same stuff here, having a little fun in the studio. We and, will. Uh, so get answering those, those questions. That's yeah. right. Garden questions, gar- share garden tips. We love to hear happy stories as well as suggestions like like the Lee Valley Tool suggestion yeah. was a good one from Jimmy. I'm going to get on the phone to Lee Valley right now and see if we get some sponsorship because <laughs> I am a huge fan. I mean, I get oh, so gift certificates for my yeah. birthday every year. That's where I go shopping. Well, and, there you uh, go. You know, it's, it's a cool thing. So. No little... Uh, uh, garden stuff for you. I mean, not, not garden, not candies. Or, no, you're no, Lee no, Valley. No, I go to Lee Valley. She's a tomboy, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay, we got to split. We got to right, get out of here. Enjoy the rest of the day. I'll see you next week. And thanks so much, Dan. Thanks so much, Frank. And thanks to all our callers. Bye for now. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.